Welcome to the Surviving to Thriving podcast that helps women leaders in nonprofits get out of survival mode and thrive in both leadership and life. I'm your host, leadership development coach, Kathy Archer, and I help women leaders enjoy impactful leadership. Have you and your organization been thrown into the online training world and you have no idea what you're doing or where to start or how to do it? I know. Many organizations now realize that the in-person training, the conference room, boardroom kind of training isn't going to work from now on. And so they are faced with creating some online training. And honestly, if you're like many of the leaders of nonprofits, you really don't know where to start. Today, we are going to help you out with that. I'm talking to Gord Shepard today. Gord Shepard is the CEO of Expert Training Solutions, and that's a company that helps organizations build engaging and affordable professional development training, which helps their people build the right skills so they can serve their customers and community at the highest possible level. And I know that's what you want to do. You want to make some meaningful training for your staff, your volunteers, your board members or the community, and you want to make it make a difference then we're going to transition now into the show so that you can learn how. So, Gord, I've already introduced you, but tell us about why you love this e-training so much. You know, thanks so much for, for the introduction there and, and that chance to sort of, again, express why I'm super passionate about this space. Funny enough, it goes back all the way to years ago when I worked in educational television producing for Access Television, the education station here in Alberta. And uh, it was a great opportunity to produce a lot of educational training videos in the day when we had all the gear, we had the cameras, we had all the people to come in and drop off your VHS tape for many people in your audience who knows what that I know, is. I was just thinking when you talked about Access TV, I'm like, oh my God, we just dated ourselves, Gord. Because right, I don't think half the generation remembers Access. Back to like 2002, oh my goodness, like it was so long ago. And it's fun, it was fun to help people then. And what's been nice through all that time, the continuity of times and the pieces that I've been able to bolt on since then in terms of rounding out the skill sets that I started there was now um, the equipment is in your hands. So now we have access and we can actually start to produce these at a more affordable rate. And there are ways to do expensive production these days, but most people aren't going to be doing that. So what I get excited about is the accessibility. Suddenly you can actually produce something pretty decent for relatively low cost, you still need to make it very engaging. But I think that's a really neat change in the marketplace as the technology has come into play. And the other piece that for me, that I was saying I was bolting in things along the way is I added in a sort of a, an MBA and consulting along the way. And what I realized early on in, in say the last five or six years of my independent career was you weren't able to produce this e-learning without having it be based on a strategy and really the ability to then build it and promote it and take it out to market. So by putting all of that together, I now really feel that I'm in a position to have a good formula for success for people, as opposed to what I think a lot of nonprofit leaders run into, which is kind of doing one thing at a time. They deal with the IT vendor, and then they deal with the video producer, and then they deal with the e-learning producer, but they don't have a sense of necessarily often how to pull that all together. And I find myself now in a position sort of, in this need advisory moment to help both the vendors and the nonprofit leaders, because 
by being able to tie it together and make sure that those vendors are going to be successful in terms of knowing what to do and what to deliver at a responsible price, and then making sure that whoever it is on the nonprofit side has not only got sort of the dollars and expectations to produce great e-learning to train their staff, volunteers, whoever it is they're training, but they have the ability to get it to them as well. And that can be an internal marketing issue and especially an external marketing issue. It's really fun to be able to now guide the whole process so that everybody involved is going to be successful because this piecemeal thing that's the piece that's fatiguing in the marketplace these days the executive directors i can tell you and certainly the board members that i've dealt with along the way they know what they know they often know their technical skill really really well their their specific audience they serve or the things they're trying to get out the door but pulling all this part together it's a lot of learning curve so i can step into the middle of that you know sort of slow down the amount of learning they have to do and really move them forward in a responsible way so that their full platform is developed their full expectations, by the way, from a budget and time point of view. We don't come in and say now, you know, here's the video, see you later. And they wonder why six people watched it on YouTube when they wanted to reach thousands. You don't come in and do that anymore. You come in and you say, what's your goal with this? How many people do you want to reach? Where are they? And if we can get you to do all of that together and budget for it, then you're good to go. And often these days, and the, certainly the proposals that I put out, I won't allow people just to budget for the e-learning alone. I really well, want to. So make sure they know. I, I'm going to pause you for a sec, Gord, because a people can hear your passion. It's like, oh my God, Gord eats, sleeps, and breathes this kind of stuff. But I also like when you said a minute ago the vendor and the video recorder and stuff. People are like, oh, there's different components. So let's back up because I think you're at a point where people are like. I need to hire somebody and they're like, okay, give Gord a call. He's your guy. Sure. And I think a lot of times we're like, oh, that's a thing. <laughs> like, I, because where they get caught in their head, it, many of the women that I work with is I need to create some training and I have no idea where to start and I'm overwhelmed. And so one of the things <clears throat> that I want to kind of talk about first is let's talk about what kinds of e-training we're talking about. Sure. Give me some examples of some of the things that people might either on their own or with a with somebody that they hire. What are some of the things that they might be able to do via e-learning? Let's think about turnover in a nonprofit setting. The volunteer coordinator, the um, somebody in a role in in like your social media role. That person turns over. Well, when they turn over. What's going to happen? You know, in terms of what the, the, the new person that's coming in, how do we make sure we transfer the knowledge from that person who just walked out the door to the new person. This is what we might call a micro learning or a simple, you know, piece where you could put that together, not necessarily in a signature course or five modules and this kind of thing, but how do we transfer that knowledge from one person to the next? How do we, when a board member leaves, your treasurer walks out the door and you know, they know a lot and you know, they know a lot of people. Uh, how do we get that knowledge transferred from one person to the next? Well, if you get into this mentality where your e-learning program can start to address that, that gets really interesting. And then you start to take it up a notch and say, wait a second, we've got people we need to educate. Let's say it's in a healthcare setting and you've got clients, you know, at the, at the um, you know, that you're actually serving that, you know, need these e-learning components that your staff, you've got the experts that are there on your staff. How do you get it from them to more a wider audience of people. And a lot of what's happening again in the marketplace is people were used to doing things live and in person and then coronavirus comes along well, I'm thinking and they fill this in. It's something like med admin training or uh, 
the mental health first aid or, you know, right now with COVID, there's, there's probably a whole bunch of training that they're going to have to do around the new procedures that they're, that they're implementing in their organization. So those are some things that you might work in your own organization to implement, but then you might also create that and sell it to other organizations and make some money for having it can be a revenue stream, a neat thing that you can start to do. And people get, people get uh, pretty uptight pretty quickly, especially in the nonprofit setting. When you start to mention tens of thousands of dollars, which it can get into in terms of there's these different levels. I know we'll talk about today for ways to get this started in your, in your, you know, in whatever you're doing, but if there really is a need and you can do some net neutral kind of costing where you're getting things paid for, think about this one, you know, is your organization in a place where you could put a logo from a sponsor on the end of a video, on the end of one of these e-learning courses and actually have that paid for along the way. This is, again, the strategic piece of not just producing the e-learning, but bringing in all the ways to really create the success factors to pull things forward. So I would say training board members, training staff, training your customers or clients or whatever you want to call them at the back end is certainly where the need for e-learning is. And then the fun part is starting to talk about, well, well, how much e-learning do we need for those specific audiences? Do we need like a little five-minute video? Do we need to get into a full-blown thing? Are we doing accreditation and going for it and, you know, pulling out the provincial legislature and, and doing that kind of thing? All those levels are available. But what I love about where I'm at right now is that this moment that we're in right now, it's meeting someone who just said what you just said. I need to get started where can I get started? And I'll call it the talk is cheap phase. I think this is the best place to be because once you kind of get your pencil and paper out and you can imagine the architecture of what's possible, okay, hold it, then pause, you can go for pause, it. Time out, time out. Ladies, you need to just listen to what Gord just said. Pause. So one of the things that I've been preaching, literally preaching to my audience, Gord, is you need time to think. Yes. Or you decide something, deal with something, or delegate something. You need to think, and we don't take time to think strategically. And when we are constantly in stress mode, we are tunnel vision, we are whack-a-mole, putting out every fire in front of us, and we are not going to think strategically if we don't slow down. And what Gord is reminding us, we're not just, you know... I mean, I think sometimes people think, oh, Kathy, you just talk about emotions and, you know, personal <laughs> development stuff. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the work of a leader. When you're creating training, you need to slow down and think strategically, which is exactly what you're talking about. Okay, unpause. I'm off my... Well, and I hope people are, are listening to you. Because so, like, I, I, and I see it, the same thing is people want to rush in and get this big result really quickly. And it's funny, all of these things need uh, long-term thinking. 18 to 36 months. No, I want it right now. 90 days. March 31st. That's a favorite provincial government yes, one if you yes. want to do that, right? <laughs> yes. right? But, but it doesn't speak to a longevity to allow your this to be a growth area of your organization. And for me, the e-learning is the next word processing. Everyone had to switch over to that. Uh, and this is where we're at now, where it's not even an option within your organization to not have somebody on your staff or a really a contractor is really quick simply do basic editing, right? Like that basic element. So again, we're talking about these degrees. I've got my pencil here. And if I had a white sheet of paper, I would pull it out. I love working with folks to get one blank white sheet of paper, pull it right out of the printer, just put it in front of you. And when I say architect this, there's pieces that you want to put all the way across the top that remind you. And then once you sort of erase and get it right, and take all day, like take as many days as are needed at the talk is cheap phase. You're pulling in your best um, 
affiliates and, or, or, or advisors to give you the pieces of advice that you need. You pull this in. Instead of what we see is uh, the board, oh, the board approved the budget, let's pull the trigger. $30,000 flies out the door. $7,000 flies out the door. Why, why is one of my clients holding a, a bill for uh, search engine optimization, $2,000, and they're saying, I don't know what happened, Gord. I don't know. I don't know. I I spent this money. I don't know what occurred. And so, and it's, I I just want to give relief back to the folks that you're talking to as well to say, yes, the strategy is critical and you don't have to know everything, right? You just, you can't, you don't have the, the 10 lifetimes to learn everything that you know, and then learn everything that I know, like, right. If you're doing your leadership development, you call Kathy and you do your thing and you work that out. And in this case, there's all these pieces to put together, slowing down, and then, so what does that mean? It means that you're going to actually dedicate some afternoons to doing this, just yeah. talking, just dreaming, just blue sky, and then get this architecture down. And when you get the architect- architecture down and a full feel for the sticker price, because there is there is a sticker price. And the bigger sticker price, ironically, there's the dollars, yes, is the man hours. Oh, God. The man hours, which are not getting costed for, or... One of my favorite ones was, um, you, you do editing, right? You do editing oh, yeah, and do all editing. that kind of stuff, yes. right? So yes. there's, the, do you know, the, there's a thing called the Adobe Suite, right? Where you've got like Photoshop yeah. and all these cool things. It's only 50, it's $50 US a month or whatever. Yeah. And I remember there was an ED who said, wow, I gave my assistant, you know, a license for the Adobe Suite. How come we're not editing yet? <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> because they didn't respect that editing, a good editor... <laughs> takes years to learn how they're doing what they're doing. But the editing that we're talking about, I'm like, well, did you give them like 60 to 80 hours to go in and poke around and do that kind of thing? And they haven't done that. So again, we're back into the architecture phase to say, what are the real success factors to get this going? So again, when, when I talk with people, we talk about confidence, but it starts with competence. And the second step is courage. And so you have to learn it, but then you have to have the courage to practice it as well. So that's the other piece. I want to talk though. So when we're talking about how to get this happening in your team, one of the top things you say is the people in your office can be taught how to do it. Now, what I also want to say is some of them already know how to do it in that to a a certain degree. And this is, I think you're going to provide some caution on if you look at the generation of Instagram and TikTok these days, Oh my God, people know how to produce videos left and right. The, the young age group definitely know how to do that. So I think there's some awareness that, oh yeah, my, my staff can do this. She's great at it. Is that true? If you're lucky, <laughs> right? The yes. discipline in taking expert and getting it out to want to have people that want to use it. There's a discipline there. Right. And it's not. And so often the experts have more to say than a learner can actually learn in a, in a e-learning situation. So there's a gap there, right. In terms of, we want those people to know it. The simple thing that I would help pass along in in many of the engagements that I'm in, and and this is just baseline is who are you going to be doing this e-learning for? Where are they? How are you going to reach them? And what's the transformation that they're going to go through when they take your e-learning. And let's do, let's do the board member one for just a second. New sure. president's coming okay, in. Okay, go, go through those steps again, Gord. Yep, so who are we gonna reach? So we're gonna do an example of this. So who, let's say it's a new, a new president is coming in, right? Yeah. 
you had that thick binder uh, with whatever all that board transition stuff that nobody read. No one ever read. But now you're in this mood. You're like, oh, we're going to try out this little agile e-learning kind of concept. I want to get like a little, you know, thing. So who are we going to reach? The president, right? Where are they? Well, we know they come to our board meetings. So we know where they are. Great. Um, How are we going to make them aware of this e-learning training? Well, we're going to actually tell them, you know, we've created this thing and it's for you. What's the transformation the new president's going to experience when they go through the e-learning training? They're going to go from, uh, uh, instead of waiting six months to be competent at their job, they're going to hit the ground running in the first couple board meetings because they're going to hear all the ghosts in the closet and all those things that the old president wanted to convey to the new president by creating a little simple e-learning. And when I say simple, I mean like put this up on a YouTube channel with a private link. Suddenly you've got this mini piece. You don't need, it's not an epic online school, which you can create, of course, but there's that little mini piece right there. So then that might be something that your staff could set up an iPhone, you know, have it, have it recorded. Doesn't have to be anything fancy. Yep. That is something that you can create on and your own. And suddenly you're up and running. And once you get that up on a YouTube channel setting and it's free, it's all free, right? You can yeah. use these tools and you're up and running. There's that aspect of it, right? But then if you go to that next sort of level where you want, you've got an expert on your staff. In this case, I can give you an example, a real, a real world example where I've got like yeah. an occupational therapist. They need to help families and they've got specific aspects of what they teach families. And now we're putting it into an e-learning setting. Well, that's yeah. a little different. So who are you trying to reach? Well, now we're trying to reach people outside of the organization. So now we're trying, and we know, Okay, so let's say it's families. Um, they're trying to reach people and train these families, right? So that's who. The where, well, where are the families? Well, it, we're talking, let's say we're talking Western Canada, just for as, as a geographic region. Great. Yeah. So how are we going to make them aware of the training that we're providing? We're going to have a Facebook group. Uh, or we have an we have an e uh, an e-newsletter list that we're going to send it out to to let them know and put it in our e-newsletter. And then... Um, What's the transformation that family is going to go through? Well, it's a family that couldn't come into our location. Yeah. And now at least they're going to get something that they can refer to as a tool that they can use to enhance. Uh, This is happening certainly in the health area all the time where, you know, you've got to get a micro burst of learning that you're getting out the door. I'll take it up one more notch to describe sort of a big program, a full program of, you know, whatever your main thing is to go out to market. It could be for um, nonprofits that do accreditation. That's a really, it's a very different game. Then you're getting in serious kind of tech, you're bolting in technical writers, you're pulling in all these people. So we started, let's back right up to say, what can you do on your own, right? iPhone, get it up and running. It's on YouTube. Those things are really quite possible internally, but don't forget the promotional piece because if you make all this energy and effort to actually create that material and it is useful, doesn't matter if it's by a board member, by a volunteer, by someone on your staff, making sure that it gets used is really, really important. And I can't tell you the graveyard of, again, VHS tapes back to the old days, but the graveyard of material that gets produced and never seen by anybody. And if you're not building that thinking in almost at the beginning, then it's going to be really tough to get those pieces to reach the people that you want. Let me, let me give you another example. Let's say for example, that you run a senior's home and you want to create a little bit of training around what the requirements are for family coming to visit the, the home, that kind of stuff. So great example. You could, you could create that. And you might email it out to your list. You might also have it in your Facebook group or whatever. It might be on your website. But you also might have a TV up at the entrance that plays this video over and over and over again. But if you don't back up to that strategy part and have, you know, some of the frontline staff go, well, nobody listens to, nobody reads their e newsletter anyhow. So great. Go ahead and send it there. But 
I'm the, I'm the one dealing with the staff or the, the visitor who doesn't know because they've never actually got the training, even though you created it and it's lovely, they actually haven't seen it yet. Well, and what you did there was the um, the awareness piece. So that piece in there where you actually, as the ED or maybe someone that's helping you, you go and ask. Yeah. Literally, like just go and ask the potential users, like what's going on here? What is the flow of this material? And that way, when you start to consider e-learning as sort of iterative and not just the big deliverable, this is where we start to get into the, uh, getting real feedback from whoever's in the marketplace that you're delivering to. And suddenly you found a real thing. You thought it was going to be in your e-newsletter, but then someone said, well, nobody reads it. Well, the way that we reached people then was to give it to them on a thumb drive and stick it into their computer and sit beside them and actually deliver that material. If that's the type of marketing and sort of touch points that you need to make it successful, I think it's really worth doing. And it doesn't matter which level now of what we're talking about, iPhone, edit it right on your iPhone, kick it out the door, get it to somebody specific. There's an element in the strategy piece of, wait a second, why did Gord say I should do a survey with six people who might use this? Yeah. You know, I'd like to know a few things from them before we start. And that's pre-building the course, right? We want to get those elements in place. Things like, would you watch this? Do you want yeah. learning in this area? So often we get stuck on our ego-driven, this is going to be really important. It's going to change the world. Well, yeah. is it? Ask the world. They'll tell you if it's going to change the world. And then before you jump off and spend all those, again, man hours. And then so often when these projects, um, if you're not doing it consistently in an iterative style, you sort of, you know, blow up everything in one moment and your man hours are spent, your dollars are spent. The board is fatigued with you asking for more money for the next one because the first one, out. right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think that can happen. So again, this white piece of paper, imagine we're starting to fill it in, right? There's this idea at the beginning. And now that next stage was like, wait a minute, what's the least I can do to find out if this is going to be successful? How can we produce a little piece of it? And this is what I'll call a minimum viable product. Startups use this all the time in the business world. But this idea of instead of producing like a full blown piece, what little piece can I do and then get it ready and then send it out to a few people and get some real feedback first and then validate, validate if I can actually make this successful on a larger scale. So I'm gonna add one little tidbit of information. I am a whiteboard junkie. I am, I'm like, I'm like Gord, I'm constantly pr pulling off printer paper and, and Sharpies and all that kind of stuff. There is a free online whiteboard. If you're working virtually right now, there's a whole bunch of them out there. The one that I like to use is Miro because it's real time. So you can be sitting there, Gord. I can oh. be sitting here. We can be moving stuff around. We can be adding sticky notes and all of this kind of stuff. Yeah. And yeah, you can do this virtually. So if you, and, and then it's there and then people can come back and add comments. Say, and all is it called Miro? M-I-R-R-O or one R? It used to be called something else and then they changed yeah. the name of it. I love that idea. Yeah. So, so it doesn't have to be difficult. It can, it can be, I'm talking with you now and maybe another staff, or maybe we put three of us on a Zoom call and we whiteboard it together, whatever the case may be. Um, but we can go there. So first one is a staff can do it. Second one is a board can do it. Talk to me about a, somebody on the board taking this project and running with it. What I hear in many organizations is there's a committee. Yeah. Uh, committee for social media, committee for e-learning, committee, you know, let's just say that committee is there. If you get lucky and someone's got a couple hundred hours at the volunteer level, 
uh, to produce e-learning for you, you're super lucky. That's a remarkable thing. It's, but what often happens internally, and this is back to the strategy piece, is we hear leaders saying the board was supposed to do X and they just never got around to doing it. And so they go years, literally, where their social media program, their e-learning program, their whatever, their communications piece just doesn't get done because uh, they, well, they go back every well, few months, right? Or gets done poorly because they think they're an expert and they're not. I mean, go back to the SEO kind of stuff. I mean, why are we spending so much money on SEO and search engine optimization? For those of you who don't know what that is, it means what are people searching for? Well, if you're spending that much money on something that, again, you haven't even strategized first, your board member might be taking you down a rabbit hole. Well, and it's fun to be the guy who takes the voodoo out of uh, acronyms. <laughs> and so SEO, like that simple thing, like when you're just touching on that to explain it, and I'm, I'll say this for a reason. One, just go to Google and just what words do you want people to be typing in to find the piece that you're creating, if you're creating a course. So I want them to type whatever it is, families in need of X. Great, because that might be what a family would really type in. And then you need to go over the years and actually find out what they're really typing in so you know that list. If you know that list before you start producing your e-learning, suddenly those important words that we know people are going to type into Google to find you are being built into the thinking at the beginning. And they're not something you discover after the fact. They're there at the beginning. So yes, this is this other opportunity. Again, you you want to pull in as many voices as you can. I just happen to be, I've been around long enough that I've got a bunch of it drilled through one place, but you're pulling in as many voices as you can to get that advice. Again, we're back to our whiteboard, right? We're just whiteboarding and we're whiteboarding and we're whiteboarding. Now what happened was you said, well, let's, this committee member who's, you know, they're on the board and, you know, did they get the work done? If they did, great. Most of the time that fails. And I'm just going to say, what are the success factors around that? Board members simply are sitting in meetings and they're trying to bite off more than they can chew. They make these commitments and they simply don't get them done. That's just the reality generally for things. And once in a while you get lucky. So then it leads to, well, you know, what are my options for getting things done? My options are I can do it in in the office, right? I'm going to assign somebody. And by the way, if you assign somebody, often it's the social media person. Like, can you edit too? Can you try this? Can you try that? Suddenly that job description, other duties assigned gets like that crazy kind of thing or whatever. Um, Make sure you allow them the time they need to learn the software, do the piece, be successful and and communicate clearly with them. So now you've got these two places. You've got it in the office, you can do it there, or you can of course get someone on a committee to do it. I wouldn't recommend the committee route because you're depending on, if you've actually done a strategy, there's a speed to market aspect of this. So the speed to market is, do we need this program up and running by a certain date? And if you don't, don't do it. Don't do e-learning if it's not going to make a difference by a certain time. But that vague thing of like, yeah, we need it, but we, we have no deadlines. Really, I would say don't start. But if you're starting and you're saying, I need it by a certain point because it's going to enhance our annual event. It's going to drive our stakeholder. It's going to push our fundraising through the roof because suddenly we're going to be able to do that kind of thing. Now you've got a deadline. Well, if you're, again, your volunteers can meet that deadline, great. If your staff can meet it, Great. But of course, it leads to a third option, which is then finding the right sort of vendors, contractors, whatever you want to call them, to provide great service and allow you to move for kind of leap forward in a sense and move faster. So what do people need to know before they start looking for a vendor? And what kind of questions should they be asking potential vendors? Yeah, I'd be asking for obviously some previous work history in terms of, you know, what have you done before? What is your process? 
in terms of, uh, you know, how you do things, do you play along with the other people? Like when I need to get the e-learning out and get it over to the person who does the learning management system, this is the place ultimately where your videos are going to lie and you click on, you know, yeah. modules and lessons. Like, yeah, we know that they're going to interact with somebody. We know you're going to be interacting with your IT person because somewhere in there, your, your website's going to be. T- so do they play along well with everybody else in the sandbox is really, really important. And it's funny about, um, early days, I would be asking these days for if they put a big ticket item uh, number up in front of you right away, I would just be suspicious. Turn Are you willing to work in, in, in partnership with you to yeah. go with you in your program? It's not hard, honestly. Um, heavy duty e-learning in the safety space, and I've worked in this space, managing projects, this kind of thing. Uh, 500 to a thousand bucks a minute. So you make a hundred minute program, there's your hundred grand. It's not hard to spend that money. It's hard to get it right. It takes a lot of lead time. You want 12 months in that type of project. It's a big deal. There's a lot of transfer of knowledge and this kind of thing. When you're going to pick that e-learning provider, you can kick the tires. There's a lot of competitors in the marketplace, but you want to find the one that you want to spend a lot of phone calls with, a lot of Zoom calls with. And that's really a relationship that you're trying to build. I would say you're looking for that piece up front. You know, are they invested? One time I had a client and um, there was a website provider uh, who was sending over um, some information, like a quote. And I read the quote and I realized that again, my client in the, non- in the nonprofit space was super competent at what they did. They're, they're really good at their job, but they didn't know how to read this thing. So if you're getting an e-learning provider, a website provider, an SEO provider, and they're sending you a proposal that you don't even know how to read, that is a disaster. And I actually was able then to take this proposal and get to be the go-between and go back to the provider and the website provider in this case and say to the account rep and say, you know, they can't read what you're writing. They don't know all the specific nuances and that thing for the extra couple hundred bucks here and that sort of thing there, they're not going to trust you because they don't know what they're buying. Now that's where you have to get back to at some moment, you know, you as a, a leader in nonprofit, you can't learn their entire job. You actually have to have the ability to trust them at a certain point. And this is why that longer relationship build and those early questions are so, so important as we move forward, you know, as providers in this, you know, in, when you're getting e-learning done. So I would say the big thing is, are they willing to have a longer term relationship with you? Are they not in a rush to rush to like 10 and 20 and $50,000? That's a really important thing. And then if you're able to, have them interpret what they need to and then cut it off and go, okay, I can trust this person enough. Yeah. So that comes obviously also with getting referred into the situation. If you can get that kind of thing, actually calling some of their former clients, seeing what's happening there, but finding those trusted partners. Cause once you've got them, they're golden and they're the ones that are going to walk alongside with you to pull your strategy forward, to pull your vision forward over time. So I'm going to bring it into some of the language that I use. If you want to confidently hire a vendor Start with competence. Do your homework around what am I looking for? What, like what, I mean, don't just go hire somebody until you kind of have a sense of what you're looking for. And that starts with strategy. And then the, the part that goes with that is the courage to say, I don't know. So it's the courage to come back to your staff and say, I don't really know yet, but I'm learning. So let's have some conversation about this. Or to say to a potential vendor, I don't know what SEO means. Can you explain that to me? That's part of the challenge that we struggle with is we want to look like we are competent, but we aren't competent. 
especially in these kinds of arenas, we just aren't. And so we end up looking stupid because we're like, oh yeah, yeah, SEO, uh huh, mm-hmm, yep, got it. We have no idea what we're talking about. And we get this proposal, like Gorgeous said, that we can't read. We kind of feel like the imposter syndrome steps in for a lot of women. They're like, I should know this. I'll just sign it, pretend, go along with the flow. And yet, you are just diving into something that's going to be a big mess. Slow the process down, get some strategic thinking happening, be willing to ask the dumb questions, be willing to look stupid and say, I don't know. Um, and that takes that courage piece. And again, if you're just trying to whack a mole and get this training out the door because you need it by tomorrow, you're not going to be able to do that. No, I don't think you're setting up sort of a platform for success. And I'm glad to hear you talk about this um, this almost inner voice piece that's yes. super critical for the leaders that are selecting. And this could be for any vendor selection, right? It could be in any area that we're talking about yeah. here. We're talking about e-learning, but we got, we've got to get into that zone. So I would say, you know, one piece to add on to what you're saying, because I love where you're going with it and your, simple, and your language that you're bringing to it, is who do you listen to? Yes. I say this to leaders a lot, like who do you listen to? And hopefully you've got somebody on your board who can now be like in, in the role that I might be in. Do you know what I mean? Where yeah. They have the knowledge and the competency and they can do that. Or you spend the time and you seek somebody out yeah. because you know, the thing about the e-learning thing is it's not going anywhere. We're all no. going to do it. Like it's not, there's a deluge of it coming, whether you want to or not. It's these people that are hanging on to their newsletters and advertising in the newspaper, like that's over. Like some people don't know that it's over, but it's over and it's all moving into this area where the competency will build, but how quickly can you ramp up on it? And I love what you said, which is, I don't know. Cause if I showed you the laundry list of what actually goes on to make e-learning successful. And when I show this and leaders eyes, they just pop out of their heads. There's just a certain cutoff. You got to be able to say, oh, okay, well, I've gained enough trust. I know where this is going. Let's do a small bite-sized piece first, have a good strategy in place, see how that felt. And then you move forward in sort of a confident manner, as opposed to, again, rushing whack-a-mole to try and get something out the door so that you can't build and be successful over time. The e-learning, it's not, it's only going to build. Like it's just simply, and it's going to be called micro burst, micro this or whatever, full courses. It's just going to, the, the con, you know, building competency into sort of video-based teaching yeah. is with us forever. And it'll just only, you know, go on for any organization that we're talking about here. Which is a great segue into tell them where to find you, Gord, and the services you provide. ExperttrainingSolutions.com. Yeah, that's right. And again, the link will be there. And do this work, ladies. It's when you take the time to figure out what you're doing rather than jump in without any pre-thought that you start to build your confidence and you get out of survival mode and you move to thriving in both your leadership and your life. Go make the rest of your day awesome, my dear. If you found today's episode helpful, then you are going to love the training library. Many women leaders in nonprofits wish that they had a coach or a mentor to help them, but they don't believe that they or their organization can afford it. Oh, but you can. Inside of the training library membership site, you will not only get access to affordable and easily accessible ongoing personal and professional development training, you will also have access to a leadership coach at your fingertips. That way, when you hit those inevitable challenges that leadership will bring your way, you'll have both the resources and the support to navigate your way through them with confidence, composure, 
and while keeping your integrity intact. To find out more, head to kathyarcher.com slash library. If you are enjoying the show, I'd love it if you could leave me a comment or a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Go make the rest of your day awesome. Awesome.